Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Our faith in Jesus is, is lived out. It, it's, it's expressed through love, through our love for other people. You will have actions. You will have deeds. You will, you will have works. You know, this, this side of, you know, relationship with Jesus, works are, it's a part of it. Again, it's not to keep us in good with him, but it's just an overflow of our relationship with him. Part of that is just, it's, it's love. It's living out this agape love. There are many things that we love, right? Food, places, friends, family. But you love all these things a little bit differently. Generally, true agape love doesn't go much beyond our family. But God implores you to truly love others and put that love into action as a way to show God's love to the world. Today, Pastor James will encourage you to love others well. Your faith in God is expressed in love to others. Recognizing how much God loves you should prompt the response to love others in all areas of your life. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Galatians chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. He doesn't turn from you. He doesn't abandon you. He never abandons us. He never withdraws grace from us. It is we who turn our backs on him. It is we who separate ourselves from the grace of God. And the way we commonly do that is we get caught up in this thing of, well, I have to perform. I got to perform. And if I'm not doing this, this, and this, then God's mad at me. And what, it, what you're actively doing, here is God, constant and steady, arms wide open, like, hey, come back in here. You're going down the wrong path, and this is us. We're turning our backs, and we're rationing. We're, we're going through reasoning within our brains of like, oh, man, I'm not doing good. God's not happy with me. And the more we have this conversation in our heads, the further away we get from him. He stays the same. And he's like this, where are you going? Come back, come back. My grace is sufficient for you. His grace is all we need. Paul is, he's warning these guys. He's like, look, you are the ones who are walking away from him. And he's not talking about a loss of salvation here. This is another thing we need to settle within our hearts. Because he's not talking about you're losing your salvation. What, I mean, which would be... If it was true, I don't know where you stand on that at all. I feel as though God has our salvation firmly in his grasp. I'm not worried about losing my salvation. The thing that concerns me more than anything else is walking away from the grace of God. And being a Christian who lives a good portion of his life apart from the grace of God. How sad and traumatic is that? That's, what a waste. What a waste. Because I can tell you this. If you walk away from the grace of God, I can promise you, you are not being an effective witness on this earth. You're not. And so you get up to heaven, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I made it, right? It would probably be most of us, I think, would be like, whoa, whoo, man, I'm glad I made it. I mean, I believe, but, you know, it was getting hot over there for a little bit, but 
how, how, how traumatic, and it's, I get it, I know heaven, there's no tears, but to, to look back, if you were allowed, and the Lord says, man, look at how many years you spent away from me, and you had direct access to me every single moment of every single day. Not that he would do that, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to implant some sort of seed within your hearts and your minds to say, you know what? Sit close to Jesus and be on mission for Jesus now, today. You won't have any regrets when you get to heaven, okay? It's like Greg says, everybody's going to be dumping Gatorade buckets on each other and be like, I can't believe you made it. I can't believe I made it, right? It's, that's part of the celebration, I'm sure, right? There is a danger for believers, though, to get sidetracked by some wind of doctrine that comes sweeping through the church and says, you know what? Jesus is awesome. However, if anybody shows up in your life or you pick up a book and it says, Jesus is really great, however or but, throw that in the garbage. Throw it in the trash because that's where it belongs. For the individual who may have that conversation with you, don't throw them away, okay? That's not nice. Um, engage them in a conversation. Say, explain to me why Jesus isn't enough. Can you enlighten me as to why, okay, so Jesus is a great teacher, cool? Yeah, he is. He's the best one ever. He was a prophet, absolutely, absolutely. Is he the son of God, the perfect sacrifice? Well, I believe he is. I believe he is, and I think that he is more than enough. I think his sacrifice on the cross for my sins, and it was my sins that put him there, and his resurrecting from the grave was more than enough. So please enlighten me as to why that's not enough. I'm all ears. I'm listening. So you got to engage people as people because people are people created in the image of God. Whether they believe you or not, it does not matter. All people are created in the image of God. And some people have differing views than what you may hold fast to. And that's okay. You can have a conversation with them. And you have every right to ask them. So explain that to me. Explain that to me. I love that. I love getting to meet different people and um, I didn't really get to go too in-depth with a, a gentleman I met this past week. He was cleaning some uh, air vents and stuff for uh, a buddy of mine in his house. And this guy is, um, I could tell, he's not from here, you know, um, looks, and I could tell. Uh, and so I told him my name. He told me his name. And he was like, you know, in Israel, he's like, we have this place, and it's called James something. I'm like, I've been to Israel three times. And this is like, what? He's like, seriously, because he just moved here from there. And he's like, oh, he's like, and we had a beautiful conversation about the beautiful land of Israel. What's your favorite place? And we're talking about the food. We're talking about all this stuff. Uh, unfortunately, our conversation got cut short because he had to go back to work. Um, he was the boss. Uh, but any chance, any chance you get to have with maybe a Jew, ask him. Have conversations. Like, help me, help me figure this thing out. You guys are waiting for the Messiah. We, we read in the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. So help me understand where you guys are coming from. Why do you not think it's Jesus? For our Muslim friends who respect Jesus as a teacher, as a prophet, well, why, why don't you guys think, why don't you believe that his death on the cross was enough to satisfy sin? 
to cover all the sins of mankind. Let's have those conversations. Why we in in my experience, and you'll run into some every so often, or, or whatever, whoever it may be, an atheist. Regardless, people are oftentimes very open to share with you what they believe. And a healthy conversation is for us to be able to go back and forth and say, well, but why do you believe that? And then they have every right to ask you, but why do you believe that? And you should be ready to give a defense for what you believe in. It's, it's beautiful, right? And, once, and I know it doesn't always work out that way because some people are very hostile. They don't want to hear it. I get it. I've had those conversations. But it's an amazing thing when you treat people like people and you really try to gain an understanding of where they're coming from. Why do you believe that? So here's Paul addressing the fact that you have this strange wind of doctrine that's come in, and it's nothing new, but it's leading these guys astray. And he says, listen, if, if you're, walking, you're walking out on God, that's what you're doing. You're walking out on him. He says, goes on to say, verse 5, but we who live by the Spirit, this is key, we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us who are right with God through faith. We who live by the Spirit, okay, the Spirit, the Spirit of God is, is taking up residency within inside of us, and we are living by the Spirit. He's going to talk about this, but the second half of chapter 5, we'll, we'll talk all about that, what that looks like, a spirit-controlled life versus a, a fleshly-controlled life, okay? Because there, there's fruit, and there's fruit, and you can tell. But he says, we who are controlled by the Spirit, um, we're led by the Spirit, or as NIV says, but by faith, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Love. What a word. What a term that we have no idea what it means. Like, especially in America. I mean, love means everything. I love avocados. I really do. I love avocados. I, man, I love those things. I love my wife. Are they the same? No, but I'll use the same term to describe, I love, I love my daughter. She turned 13 today. I love ice cream cake because that's what she made last night, right? It's like, but it's not. So in other cultures, they usually use varying words to describe love, what we're talking about here. What we need to understand is this, as believers and here on the old Western side of the planet here, um, our faith our faith in Jesus is, is lived out. It, it's, it's expressed through love, through our love for other people. You will have actions. You will have deeds. You will, you will have works. You know, this, this side of, you know, relationship with Jesus, works are, it's a part of it. Again, it's not to keep us in good with him, but it's just an overflow of our relationship with him. And part of that is just, it's, it's love. It's living out this agape love, this, this unconditional kind of love, no strings attached type of love. Your faith is broadcasted loudest when you're loving other people with no agendas, no agendas, no strings attached. So yeah, you have, you know, phileo and eros and, and those other types of love, but what we're talking about here is this agape 
this selfless, self-sacrificing love. Your faith is demonstrated when you live that out in whatever, you know, spheres of influence you, you overlap within, whether that's at your, your job site, um, you know, coworkers or a boss, or maybe you're the boss and you have employees, or, or in your own family, your house, how you're loving each other, or within your neighborhoods, how you're loving your neighbor, or even just going around town. And you're yelling at people in cars because they will not drive because they're tourists and they drive me insane. They do. I'm sorry. I'll keep saying that, but summer's hard for me. It really is. I'm like, we didn't get our beach time because of the stupid virus, right? They closed down the beaches and then they open it up and everybody's here. I'm like, ah, just, it's cool. But how do I express love? Well, you chill out when you're driving, James Grizzle. That's what I would say to myself. You take a breath. Dude, it's not that big of a deal, okay? Breathe in, breathe out. It's okay. Hey, why don't you pray for that person who's driving incredibly slow in front of you and has no idea where they're going? Maybe they need help. There's a lot I have to learn. Um, praise God. It's, when we interact with other people, it's, Man, I I can tell you this, and I I can speak with confidence on this because this is what won me over to the faith, okay? I am passionate about this because this is what sealed the deal for me. Other people's love for Jesus and for each other and for me who did not even earn it or deserve their love, that's what won me over. It was the best witness that could have ever happened for me in my life at 19 years old when I saw weird Christian people Okay, loving each other, you know, and caring about each other, but then also investing time and energy into me. It didn't make sense in my brain. I couldn't, couldn't calculate that because it's not really what I was used to. Not within the circles I would sometimes run in, okay? It's usually about what can, I, what can you do for me? I hadn't, I hadn't experienced too much other people just genuinely saying, hey, love you. Whoa, whoa, that's, that's the L word. Like, wait, what do you mean? What do you want? What do you want? Like, what's, what's, your, what's the hook? What's the catch? Like, no, no, we just care about you. Just care about you. Praying for you. You need anything? I had believers in my life, and God knew how to surround me with those people at the right time. And that is exactly what won me over. That was exactly it, because I saw Jesus lived out in their lives by how they interacted with each other and how they interacted with me, a lost person who was very skeptical of everything. And I said, Jesus, um, man, if you love me that much, and you say you died on the cross for me, I'm all in. I'm all in. And that was enough for me. Your faith is expressed through Love. Love. Love has a partner, and his name is truth. And they always need to go together. Love. Truth communicated in love. Loving somebody by proclaiming the truth. They're hand in hand. They got to go together. They just do. And I had some of those same friends who were demonstrating their faith through, their, through love, who were also very willing to let me know that there were some things that I was doing that was not okay. It was not okay. They classified it as sin. And I was like, what? Really? I didn't even know that. 
Like, that's bad? <laughs> I didn't know that was bad. Would you tell me that's bad? Okay. Well, then I'll stop doing it. I'll stop doing it as best as I can. Now, it's not that anything comes easy when, it's, when you're talking about sin, but you're telling me that this thing is, would cause a separation between me and God, then okay. Well, then I'll address it. Let's fix it. So your faith demonstrated through love. He goes on to say here, I'm finding my place once again. Let me read verse 6 again from New Living Translation. It says, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. And you can fill in those blanks with anything else too, okay? You can remove circumcised and uncircumcised and fill in anything else in there, okay? Um, It makes no difference to him. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Again, in love, this agape, very Christ-centric, Christ-glorifying, Christ-honoring love, okay? I want to clarify that because some people think they're doing a really good job at just loving everybody, and it's not true. Because if it's not love connected to Jesus, I don't know how much of it is really love. It's, it's love and truth. And Jesus is, he's love, he is truth, okay? So, again, Paul's saying, listen, your faith demonstrated, lived out through love. Verse 7, you were getting along so well. You were, you were running so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Or NIV would say, who's cut in on you? You ever been, somebody cut in on you? You're driving down the road, right? There's another vehicle illustration there. You're like, Pastor James has problems. I'm like, yes, I do. Um, Amen, it's true. You're going good. You're going so good. And then out of nowhere, boom, somebody just cuts you off. Cuts right in front of you. Who's, you were running so well. You were doing good. They're like fast starters, okay? So Paul showed up, gave them the gospel, and man, these guys were just, they were going for it. You were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you and to hold you back from following the truth, all right? So who stepped in? Who's messing up your race? Question for you. Is anybody in your life cut in, and are they messing up your race, this race of following Jesus? You need to be aware of that. Because the sad reality is there's, there's, there are people that would love to cut in on your relationship with Jesus, maybe not intentionally, but we as human beings love attention. We love attention, and we love to get it from anybody that we possibly can. And sometimes you can find yourself walking with the Lord, running with the Lord, things are going good, going good, and then all of a sudden, whew, somebody cuts right in. You're like, ah, uh, and then... I don't know. And it's not that you need to be on guard of people, but more so on guard of intentions. Because these guys, let's keep it within the context. These are religious people. These are religious leaders. They are cutting into the relationship between the, gen- between the Galatians, I would say the Gentiles, because that's who they are, and their re- relationship with Jesus, and they step right in the middle of that so that they can... And Paul already said it in the last chapter. Their whole intent behind doing that is because they wanted all the attention for themselves. And they cut right in 
And when you cut right into that, and if it's hindering somebody in their walk and relationship with the Lord, then, well, you know, conversations are going to have to be had. But these guys have, their intentions are, are not pure. They're not pure at all. So Paul, he's just calling, he's like, look, you were doing so good, but like, who's, who's holding you back from following the truth? Because what they're proclaiming to you is not truth. Verse 8, it certainly isn't God. I mean, even that he has to say that, it's just somewhat comical in one sense. He's like, so who's messed up your run, your, this, new, this newfound freedom, this, this incredible race that you've entered in, and you're running so well? Who stepped in? It wasn't God. It's not him. You can't blame him. It's not God, because God will never interrupt himself. He's never going to contradict himself. He's not going to step in and say, like, or you're running a race, and he sticks his foot out to trip you up. That's not what he's going to do. But these other guys will do that. So Paul's saying, it's, it's certainly not God, for he's the one who called you to freedom. That's a beautiful phrase there. You can underline that within your Bible. You can put a little star there next to your Bible. Because remember verse 1, it is for freedom that he has set you free. And he has called you into freedom called you into it. That's how much God cares about you and your freedom. But, verse 9, it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. A little yeast spreads quickly through the whole batch of dough. You know, if you've ever baked anything using yeast, you don't need a lot of it. You don't need a lot of it. You need a little bit of active yeast, and man, that that ball of dough is going to... A little uh, yeast leavens the whole batch. But here's what Paul's saying, because sometimes this verse likes to be applied in all sorts of areas, okay? What we need to understand is within the context, the yeast are these false teachers who are creeping into the church and spreading sin. That's what we're talking about here. This isn't so much so you as an individual, you're showing up and you're dealing with sin or you're wrestling with sin. It's not talking so much about that because guess what? You're going to keep showing up on a Sunday and I hope you're still fighting sin, okay? Because if you're not fighting sin, then that means you're dead, okay? Which is a whole nother, I mean, that's a, praise God for that, right? You, You did it, okay? So I don't know, but tell me you're fighting, you haven't surrendered to it. So it's not so much about like just people living normal lives and wrestling against sin or He's talking about these are bad guys, and the moment you let a false teacher in, he's going to corrupt the whole bunch. A little leaven, a little yeast will permeate the entirety of the rest of the dough. Be on guard. Be on guard. That's why we as a church, we always have to be on guard for whoever shows up, and they're like, hey, I wanna, I'd like to share this with your congregation. Well, what exactly is that? Because I've had those conversations. Even since in our, such a young church, lots of people will show up saying like, hey, I have something special for your church. I'm like, mm, my alarms are already going off. I'm like, I don't trust you at all. Um, what's, what's this new thing? Well, it's this, this, and this. And it's like, no, not for us. Not for us. And I've had to turn down a handful of people for wanting to proclaim to you guys this new thing that they're on. And I'm like, no. Why not? Because not in here. If it's not from here, it's not for these things. 
it's not for our, our little family here. That's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has more to share from this study in the book of Galatians, so be sure to join him next time. Just because our time with you is over for today, though, it doesn't mean that you have to stop studying God's Word. We encourage you to pick up your own Bible and dive in wherever God leads you. Each page you read will be life-giving and reveal new things about your Creator. If you ever have any questions or would like to request prayer, please connect with us. You can visit breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. We have a form there that you can fill out and submit, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We love hearing from our listeners. Are you in the Galveston area? If so, come join us to worship and study the Bible. Calvary Galveston meets each Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And you can get all the information you need at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the About tab. If you aren't in the area or you're just not able to be with us in person during this season, that's okay. We're streaming live on Facebook. Just search for Calvary Galveston, or you can head to our church webpage to connect. Before we officially close our time with you today, we'd like to invite you to be a part of what we're doing. Would you prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of Bread for the Broken financially? All amounts given are appreciated, and you can donate securely through our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for tuning in to Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, the one love that and give me.